Welcome back to the Chris Gates Fitness Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Brand new Q&A podcast going down uh, for this episode, and I'm super excited about that because it has been a long time uh, since I dropped in with a Q&A. So I'm going to be going through five questions uh, that I got uh, from a recent Q&A I did on my Instagram. As always, if you're not following me there or on any social media platform, um, well, you should, and you can, and it's easy to find me. You just search for Chris Gates Fitness. You're going to find me everywhere. That's where I am on Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, TikTok, Facebook, uh, YouTube, everywhere. So uh, if you're not following me, I would highly encourage that you do so so that uh, we can participate in these Q&As together. I do them uh, typically at least once a week on my Instagram specifically, and then some of the good questions that I get, I like to bring over here on the podcast couple times a month and read through those questions. Although I will say it's been a bit longer than a month since I did the last Q&A. And if you listen to the episode I published last week, you heard a little bit about what's been going on, but it's been really a whirlwind the last couple of months and has been hard for me to be able to sit down, carve out a solid half hour to record the podcast episode and then you know, the additional time that comes into the the picture when you have to edit it and get everything, you know, cleaned up and ready to publish uh, online. So um, it's been a while, but I'm excited to do that today. Uh, as always, you know, before we dive in, I am a coach. If you're interested in getting help with your fitness and nutrition, uh, if you have a goal like building muscle, burning fat, wanting to develop healthier lifestyle habits, feel more confident through the proper use of fitness and nutrition. That's what I work with my clients on every single day. And I work with people all over the world to do that. So if you have a goal and you not, you would like some help, you want to get a customized program that is personalized to you, your goals, your lifestyle, and the way that you want to manage things. Um, well, I'm your guy and I would love to help you out. So chrisgatesfitness.com is where you can find everything about my coaching. You can also find hundreds of articles on fitness and nutrition that are completely free. Uh, you can find more podcast episodes like this, uh, client testimonials, all kinds of good stuff. And uh, you can also go there and sign up for my mailing list so that you are the first to know every time I publish a new article or new podcast episode. So if you haven't done that, make sure you do. But uh, we'd love to hear from you if you are interested in getting some coaching to work on whatever the goals are that you have. Uh, But with that said, the the questions that we're going to dive into today on the podcast. So tips on drinking alcohol and still being able to lose weight. Uh, A bunch of people that I've brought on as clients lately have been dealing with this issue, this struggle, this topic of how do I balance, you know, having some beers, having some drinks on the weekend, and also being able to stay in a calorie deficit, lose weight, reach the goals that I have. And I think part of the reason for that is because like, this is that time of year, right? It's football season. Uh, You know, there's lots of get togethers every weekend. And those, you know, the spread at those get togethers typically isn't the healthiest, uh, which is okay. Um, And then we're about to get into the holiday season here too, right? Which has even more family gatherings and more drinks and foods and desserts and all that good stuff. And it's hard to keep things in line all the time. And so we've gone over a lot of game planning uh, lately on uh, alcohol specifically. So I'm excited to dive into that question. Question number two is going to be, 
I am horrible about taking rest days and I always feel so guilty. How do I overcome this? So we'll talk about, you know, why rest days are important and also why you should not feel guilty about taking rest days. Question number three, how to estimate calories at a restaurant? Again, this is another hot topic with uh, a lot of the folks that I currently work with just figuring out how to be able to eat out, make it stress-free, make it fit within the nutritional goals, guidelines that you've set for yourself. We're going to dive into that today. Uh, question number four, what is the most important thing for a beginner to build muscle? I love that question, so we'll dive into that. And then on that same, I guess, theme, question number five is, I'm a newbie to strength training. Can I see progress only lifting for one hour a week? So basically, I can only get in one hour, uh, a one one-hour session, training session a week. Is that enough to make progress? We're going to dive into all of those questions. And uh, without further ado, let's get into the first question of the day, which, like I said, is tips on drinking alcohol and still being able to lose weight. So like I mentioned before, I've gotten this question a lot lately and I've gotten it so much actually that I'm planning on writing a longer form piece on this for my website. I will have an article here in the next week or two about this very topic, how to drink alcohol and still be able to lose weight. Uh, But I'll give you a little bit of a preview on some of the talking points that I'm going to put in that article and then uh, you know you can if you su- subscribe to my mailing list like I mentioned earlier you will find out the minute that article is posted and then you can dive in deeper to a lot of these topics but um, it's tough right it, it is tough to be able to drink alcohol be able to do a lot I mean just in general do a lot of the things that you enjoy but still maintain the progress that you're trying to make especially if the progress you're trying to make is weight loss uh, but at the end of the day it's going to come down to being in a calorie deficit. If you want to lose weight, you want to drink alcohol, you can do both. You just need to make sure that you're in a calorie deficit on a daily, consistent basis uh, because that's what is required to lose body fat. Uh, And if you're not familiar with a calorie deficit, it just means that you're consuming fewer calories from food than your body actually burns each day. So you need the energy in, the calories coming in, to be less than your energy out, which is the calories you burn. Um, And when that happens, that means your body is forced to use fat as an energy source to make up the difference. If if you're not, you know, if, if you're burning more calories than you're putting into your mouth, your body needs to find energy elsewhere to get through the day. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to get through the day. So it always happens, um, and that's how fat loss occurs, is when you're in a calorie deficit and your body has to utilize tissue in your body uh, to get that energy to make it through the day. Um, and so that's that's the biggest factor, right? That is the biggest factor. It's really the only factor that matters. If you're not in a calorie deficit, you will not lose weight. If you are, you will. Um, but it's important to talk about, you know, a lot of the, the realities of drinking alcohol when trying to lose weight uh, because, you know, while you can do it, uh, what... My, my personal opinion is, yeah, absolutely, you can and you should if you if that's something that's important to you. But it, while you do that, if that's something that you want to do, you got to understand that you're going to be actively making this journey harder on yourself. Um, first and foremost, alcohol is essentially considered by your body to be a toxin. So when you drink alcohol, the calories that come from alcohol 
your body actually kind of like converts what it's using as its energy source and tries to burn off those calories from alcohol before everything else. So you could probably see how like, yeah, that if you're going to switch your body's energy source, uh, that could potentially mean that you're making fat loss more difficult. Right. So that's that's one thing to be aware of. Um, Another thing to be aware of is there are often a lot of hidden calories in alcohol. Alcohol can be very hard to track accurately because of that. And I do, you know, tell most people that if you're going to try to lose weight, tracking nutrition tends to be the most efficient way to do it because you just get a really good idea of how many calories are coming in. And then, you know, that makes it easy to manipulate your diet moving forward. But the thing is, you know, when there are hidden calories in certain foods, or in this case, certain drinks, um, you won't always be 100% sure that you're tracking things accurately. And if alcohol is a consistent part of your routine, and potentially if it's consistent in high quantities, you could see how like uh, a few of those drinks with hidden calories three, four, five, six times a week are going to really, really add up. Um, there are a lot of, and, and this typically comes with with mixed drinks, right? So like when you get a beer, most beer, um, it's it's pretty easy to know if it's if it's a if it's a well-known beer that's sold everywhere, you can get the calorie count on it pretty easily. You can also get the calorie count on a lot of liquors pretty easily if you're just drinking the liquor straight. But you know, a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people go to restaurants and they get mixed drinks or they get, you know, some a, a type of wine or a type of rum and you don't know exactly what type it is. Um, and that means that you're not going to know exactly how many calories are in it. And each drink can often be prepared different ways, which means who knows, you know, just who, who knows. Um, but like it, it can really, really add up quick when you're doing some of these mixed drinks that have like sugars and other additives and ingredients in the drink itself that can make it really, really hard. And, um, again, something to, to consider. And, and that kind of goes into like something I've, I've said off and on a lot is that like for weight loss, even if it's not alcohol, liquid calories are often kind of like you're playing with fire here. You know, uh, if you want to lose weight and you're drinking pop all the time, I mean, you know how easy it is to drink liquids and they don't fill you up. So if you're drinking liquids that have calories and it's just so easy to down four, five, six, seven, eight drinks a day, whether it is pop or beer or some other type of alcohol, um, that's not working you in the right direction. That is you actively choosing to do something that's not supporting the goal that you have. So liquid calories are are a big danger. There's something that derail a lot of people's progress. Uh, and then beyond that, okay, so if you're drinking alcohol, especially if you're drinking alcohol in higher quantities and if, if you're doing it at night, um, alcohol, we just know that it really messes your sleep up. If you want to have high sleep quality, but you're drinking regularly, your sleep quality is going to be shit. And then, you know, we, there's tons of research. This is pretty well known at this point that like poor sleep is associated with fat storage. So if you want to lose weight, but you want to drink alcohol and you're going to drink a lot at night, all the way up until you go to bed, like, again, you're not setting yourself up for success here. <clears throat> and, and and so, okay, let's dive into another uh, one that's important for us to, to touch on. When you drink alcohol, I mean, if you... <laughs> 
tell me if this sounds familiar. You drank alcohol and then made stupid decisions. I think everybody probably has at least a few experiences of that happening. Uh, From a nutritional standpoint, from a weight loss standpoint, if you've ever gone out drinking, uh, you probably at the end of the night were hungry and you bought like awful gas station food or you had like $7 slices of pizza or, you know, something like that. Perhaps you uh, wolfed down an entire bag of Doritos before bed. Like you, you make worse decisions the more you drink and those decisions when they're related to food, again, you're not doing what is going to be best for you if you want to lose weight. And this is like a, you know, it's a it's a vicious cycle that continues to happen and happen and happen. So these are all very very important things for you to understand. Um, if you know you you're saying like yeah I want to lose weight but I still want to be able to you know enjoy alcohol it's part of my life I like to do it with my friends my family whatever. These are important things to understand to know. It's important to know that like again by choosing to drink alcohol depending on what your intake looks like you are actively going to make this process more difficult for yourself. Now, with all that said, you absolutely can drink alcohol with moderation. And by moderation, I'm talking about like one to two drinks on one to two occasions throughout the week. I think that's perfectly fine, perfectly reasonable. That is really easy to factor into your overall nutrition plan and make things work. And I think that that is the type of approach that like, okay, now we're talking about flexibility, sustainability, still working towards your goals, but trying to find a way to enjoy some of the things that you still enjoy. I think that's perfectly fine. And I think that like, okay, so tips on drinking alcohol and still being able to lose weight, that is my number one tip. Like you have to approach this understanding that like, you're not going to still be able to go out and binge drink. You're you're not going to be able to go out and like party like you always have uh, if, if that is what has been part of your routine in the past. Um, if you're trying to lose weight and you're doing that, you're not going to see a lot of progress, if any progress at all. But if you are able to tone it down and have that one to two drinks once or twice a week, I'd see no problem with your ability to be able to drink alcohol and lose weight. And that's what comes back to the very first thing I said then. You just need to make sure that those calories from the drinks that you're drinking fit within your calorie deficit. So for example, if you have a daily calorie deficit of like 2000 calories, we'll use that because I suck at math and that's an easy round number. We'll actually see if I can use that here moving forward. But like say it's 2000 calories every day and that gets you in a calorie deficit and you have like a couple craft beers that you like to have. Say you want to have two craft beers on a Saturday and those are like ah 250 calories a piece. Well, then you have to make some adjustments to your diet earlier in the day to make sure that by the end of the day, as you include those two 250 calorie beers, so 500 calories there, that means 15, you have 1500 calories to work with for your food for the rest of the day. So you're gonna have to make some adjustments, reduce some portion sizes, um, be smart, maybe eliminate some snacking uh, throughout the day just to be able to afford yourself some extra flexibility uh, for the rest of the day on Saturday when you intend to have those drinks. You can also do things earlier in the week to set yourself up with some flexibility. And I talk about this on the podcast all the time, but calorie cycling is a super, super useful tool. And Going back to saying like, hey, I've been working with this on my clients all the, like quite a bit lately. 
we've been using calorie cycling a ton, especially with football season. I work with a lot of football fans and a lot of my clients right now are doing like slightly lower calories uh, than usual Monday through Friday. We'll reduce it by like one to 200 calories a day so that if you do that, if you reduce things by 200 calories Monday through Friday, reducing by 200 five times means that's a thousand calories that you can then apply to the weekend. So you don't have to look at it as just like, this is what I have to eat every single day. You could look at it across the entire week and figure out like, hey, can I pull from Monday through Thursday to apply it to Saturday and Sunday? Uh, you absolutely can do that. So there are ways you can get creative with your your diet to, to help make drinking a bit easier. Uh, but like I said, at the end of the day, like if you're taking a moderate approach to, to alcohol, I think it's perfectly reasonable to include it. But if we're talking about like going out, partying like you did in college, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night every week, <laughs> you're not going to lose weight. I'm sorry. Like it's just not going to happen. That is very, very difficult to make any type of meaningful progress. Uh, I, would, I would encourage you to not go in that direction and go in the more moderate direction. All right, question number two. I am horrible about taking rest days. I always feel so guilty. How do I overcome this? I've actually been recently going on uh, like somewhat of my own campaign on social media with my posts, just telling people that like most of what you've been told regarding how much you need to work out is absolute bullshit. Like you don't need to work out nearly that much. I have some stuff coming up about like how many exercises you really need to be doing and how many sets you really need to be doing in your workouts. Uh, because like you don't need to be going into the gym and doing 15 different tricep exercises to make your arms bigger. In fact, that's probably the exact opposite thing <laughs> that you should be doing. And you shouldn't be doing 15 sets of any muscle group in one workout. That's probably not going to work out well for you either. But anyway, that's a little bit of a tangent. In general, like I think people think that if some is good, more is better, and I need to be doing more and more and more and more. And if I take a rest day or a deload week, if I take time off, then that means I'm not working, I'm not doing more, and then my progress is going to regress. It's going to fall back. I'm going to lose some of the progress that I made. And I couldn't be further from the truth. You know, the, the reality of taking rest days is that you you need them. And I know, you know, sometimes, no matter how many times people say it, it's it can be hard to, like, accept it. But, you know, especially as I've gotten older into, like, my mid-30s, uh, I've, I've pulled back on things quite a bit and actually found that it's helped me make more progress. Uh, because I'm giving my body more rest. Um, you know, right after we had our second uh, kid, I reduced things to a four-day strength training routine for a while um, and saw really good progress doing four days a week. And that I had never done as few as four days a week strength training uh, really at, at any point that I can ever remember uh, since I started consistently working out in college. So, the, I mean, I've, I've experienced it firsthand, but I know working with my clients too, like a lot of times people are hesitant to take deload weeks because it's like, oh, a whole week where... I'm not working that hard. That means I'm going to lose my progress. Well, no, it actually doesn't. It's going to set you up for more progress. And like, oh, we got to take rest day. I got to take two. I got to take three rest days a week. Yeah, because it's going to set you up for more progress. Um, when you go into the gym and 
workout, whatever it is, if it's cardio or if it's lifting weights, after that session, your body is in recovery mode. Your body is doing everything it can to repair itself, recover, grow, adapt to what you just did. And it doesn't, that process, that recovery process doesn't end before, it doesn't always end before you go into the gym the next day. It just, there's, you know, if you're lifting weights, it's typically 24 to 48 hours is the protein synthetic response to lifting weights. So like, that's why we split up workouts with lifting weights into like, you're going to do this muscle group, these muscle groups on this day, and then do different muscle groups the next day. Because if you were just continually training the same muscles with the same amount of workload, uh, your body would completely break down. Like you have to be giving your body rest. So this is how training splits are designed in the first place is to like not have you constantly working everything so that your body can recover. But like even by structuring things that way, your body sometimes needs complete days off in order to catch up on recovery from all of the training that you've been doing. And from you asking this question, it sounds like you've been not taking rest for a really long time, and that's probably exactly what your body needs. Now, the one thing I will say is like, just because it's a rest day, it does not mean you have to like lay in bed or lay on the couch and not move, be still, be sedentary. You can do some, you can do leisure activities, you know, like you can go outside and go for a walk. You can go for a hike as long as you're not like mountain climbing while you're hiking. You can, you know, shoot, shoot the basketball outside in the driveway. There are things that you can do. You can go ride a bike as long as you're not like doing sprints on your bike. There are things you can do that will still allow your body to recover. It's almost like active recovery type of stuff. Um, so you don't have to be completely sedentary, but you know, from a from an intense training perspective, if you're not giving your body rest, you're actually moving in the opposite direction that you want to go. So if anything, that that guilt should completely go away when you take rest days because you're doing like what what I program for my client, what people pay me to do is tell them when to take this rest. So like you need to do that so that you start doing this the right way. But I, I do know, I do know the mindset. I do understand how it can be difficult. Um, I've been there. I have clients who have been there or are there right now, and uh, it's something a lot of people struggle with. But at the end of the day, if you're not taking that rest, you're going to end up, but you know, digging a real deep hole where you're running your body into the ground. You stop making progress. You completely plateau, or Worst case scenario, you get injured and then you have to stop training entirely for a long period of time, which would be the worst outcome. So take the rest two to three days a week, every eight or so weeks, hit a deload week where you scale the intensity back, you know, pretty considerably. Give your body what it needs to catch up on recovery so that you can set yourself up for more progress moving forward. All right, question number three, how to estimate calories at a restaurant? This is a great question. I actually have a entire article on my website uh, titled How to Track Calories at Restaurants. Um, I will try to remember to put it in the show notes for this episode, but in case I forget, just search Chris Gates Fitness 
how to track calories at restaurants and uh, it will come up for you in Google. Um, this is a great question. I wrote an article on it because I get questions about it all the time and I'll run you through some of the highlights of that article, but I really would recommend you check it out to learn more and get more details uh, and specific strategies that you might be able to uh, put in, in place for yourself. But, um, you know, tracking calories is, a, it's a challenge and the the first thing that I would say is you have to go into it with the mindset of like, I'm not going to be able to do this 100% correct, and that's okay. Because when somebody else is preparing your food, even if you know the exact size, portion size of the food, um, if you've logged like these types of foods before, uh, you you just don't know everything about how that food was made. You don't know all of the details and ingredients that go into making that food. Uh, Oftentimes, there's lots of hidden calories at restaurants with things um, like oils and butters and different seasonings and toppings and stuff like that, that just like there's no, it's, it's impossible for you to be able to track that 100%. And that's just the case. And that's okay. Because one meal is not going to ruin all of your progress. Uh, But with that said, I do think that still trying to track if you have a weight loss goal, or if you're just concerned about, you know, keeping track of things. um, I I do think that estimating is better than nothing. And that's what I would recommend. Because oftentimes, if you're just like, ah, you know what, I know I'm not going to be able to get it 100% accurate. So I'm just not going to track at all. And that's fine if you want to do that. But if you are super concerned about controlling your intake, because you have a weight loss goal or something like that, estimating, in my opinion, is still so much better. And it's going to make things a lot closer to accurate than just saying like, screw it. Uh, because with that screw it attitude, I, I feel like that typically lends itself to like, then when you're at the restaurant, you buy something that totally does not align with your goals. And then you get the dessert and you get extra drinks and stuff like that. Um, because you had that screw it mindset. And I think there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, you know, truth to like the the mindset that you go into that meal with is going to reveal itself in, in what you eat in that meal. It's going to show itself. Um, you know, that applies to so many other things in life, right? If like you go into a situation with a positive mindset, there's a better chance of that going well for you. Uh, or if you go into it with a negative mindset, well, then you're probably speaking things into existence and it's going to go awful. So I think that that's important. And I would recommend uh, estimating if you can. Uh, but it really, I think, like starts before you go to the restaurant. So you can, for a lot of restaurants nowadays, look up their menus online. You can find out nutritional information about the dishes that they have. And you can kind of set a game plan up for yourself uh, before you even step foot in the restaurant. And that helps you figure out what the rest of your day's nutrition should look like. It helps you go in there with less stress, more confidence in what you're going to get. And then you can just enjoy the meal. Because a big part of the meal, I mean, it's it's the food, but it's also who you're talking to. It's who you're with. It's the social aspect of the meal. Um, so that's important. And then I would say, you know, also in terms of like before you go to the restaurant, uh, there are lots of things you can do that day to just give yourself a little bit of extra flexibility. You can you can reduce your portion sizes of your other meals earlier that day slightly just to provide yourself with a few hundred extra calories of breathing room, uh, which is always helpful. That kind of applies to the alcohol topic that we talked about earlier as well. And again, what we talked about with the alcohol topic, you can 
if you know you're going out to dinner on Saturday night, well, Monday through Friday, you could find a few opportunities to like, hey, say, I'm not going to have this snack on this day. And I'm going to do that two or three times for the week. And that's going to give me, I don't know, 500 calories back that I can add to that meal when I'm at a restaurant. And then I can pretty much get whatever I want. And it's not that big of a deal. Um, A lot of it just comes into the planning aspect of things. And, And I think if you can find information out about the menu ahead of time, that's a great place to start. And then, uh, you know, structure your week or your day accordingly to allow you to just enjoy that meal. And it should be as simple as that. Cause like I said, like one meal is not going to ruin your progress. So if you make a few little tweaks here and there, chances are you could probably eat pretty much whatever you want and it's going to be fine. If you wake up tomorrow and step on the scale, the scale may be up a little bit. It's probably because you are retaining a little bit of water because there was more sodium or something like that in what you ate and like that'll come off in a day or two and then you'll just be back to normal because you can't gain five pounds of body fat from one meal. It's humanly impossible. Uh, So relax. (laughs) Those are some strategies. I think it's going to be perfectly fine and I, I hope those help. Okay, two more questions, and they're both about being a beginner, uh, which I love. So let's dive into them. The first one is, what is the most important thing for a beginner to build muscle? And um, if you were to focus on really any one thing as a beginner, my recommendation would be the word consistency. Quite honestly, as a beginner, if you are picking up weights for the first time, you could do quite literally almost any workout program on the planet and make a ton of progress. As a beginner, you are in the best possible position to make a ton of progress in a very short period of time. This is a concept called newbie gains. Anybody that lifts consistently after a few years looks back so fondly on those first six to 12 months of lifting because that is the quickest you will ever make progress. The key to making that progress, though, is being consistent. If you go into the gym, you do it for two or three weeks and stop, you're not going to make any progress. Uh, that that would will have just been a waste of time. You need to get into it. You can, like I said, literally do any program you want, but just be consistent with it. Challenge yourself. Learn proper form and technique and be consistent and you're going to make a ton of progress. Like there are a lot of other details that we can dive into about the specifics of building muscle because there is so much, right? It's like, okay, well, what exercises should I do? What should my training program look like? What should my diet look like? How much protein should I eat? All this stuff is really important, but none of it matters unless you are committed to being consistent with your training routine. So that would be my number one thing. And I know that may not be the answer that you're looking for, but it truly is the the most important thing. As a beginner, if you were three to five years into your lifting journey, I would have different things to tell you. But as a beginner, the thing that trips people up the most is they want to see amazing results in too short of a period of time. So they get fed up and then they end up quitting. And I can talk from experience because that's what I did uh, probably three, four or five times before I got serious about lifting and making progress. And then poof, it happened. So go in the gym, pick a program, stick with it for six months. And I guarantee you're going to see a lot of progress. Okay. And question number five, I'm a newbie to strength training. Can I see progress only lifting for one hour a week? Uh, great question. And yes, you absolutely can. Is th- there, th- there are two different like ways we could approach this question. Can you? Yes. Is that optimal? Probably not, but that doesn't mean you can't make progress. Really with lifting weights, 
it's it's all about going into the gym and challenging yourself, like legitimately challenging yourself, right? Lifting weights, getting within a couple reps of failure, and trying to progressively add to your workload over time. So if you can only get in the gym for one hour a week, that's okay. I'm not sure of the circumstances why you can only do one hour, but if that's it, that's it. You just need to make that one hour really, really count. And I would recommend focusing first and foremost on compound exercises because compound exercises like pressing, squatting, rowing, deadlifting, those are going to involve large muscle groups and several muscle groups at once completing an exercise. Like a bench press is going to have you working your chest, shoulders, and triceps. A squat is going to hit your quads, but also your glutes and some of your hamstrings. Uh, A deadlift does your entire posterior chain. Rowing is going to hit multiple muscle groups in your back along with your biceps. Like if you're doing those types of compound exercises, you're really going to be, like I said, hitting the overall musculature in your body. And that's going to get you the biggest bang for your buck. And with those types of exercises, those are the types of exercises that you can typically lift the heaviest with. So we want to be using proper form and technique and then lifting as heavy as you can with that proper form and technique. Those exercises lend themselves very well to doing that. So make the most of that one hour that you have and really push yourself. Do it in a smart way. Use compound exercises and try to progressively see your performance increase over time. If, if with that one hour a week, if you go from week to week to week to week and you see two months, three months, four months down the road that you're lifting heavier or doing more work with those exercises than you were when you started, that the the only way that could be happening is because you're building muscle and strength. And so it's working. And so you just have to keep going. But my guess is if you start seeing progress with one day a week, as long as like you really... I mean, you could have a schedule where like that, that literally is all the time that you have. But if this is a thing where like you're a newbie and you only like getting in the gym for one hour a week... Well, if you do what I just told you and you start seeing that progress, I bet you're going to find a way to get back into the gym a second time and then maybe expand it to three down the road and four and so on and so forth. So that would be my recommendation to just really try and maximize that one hour um, and try to see your progress uh, progressively improve over time. So I hope that helps. But thank you so much for listening. This was fun to get back into the podcast and do a Q&A. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next one when that rolls around. But uh, if you, I didn't, I forgot to mention this at the beginning, but if you uh, are still with me at this point and you have not already subscribed, well, make sure you do that, damn it. Uh, I'm anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So please, wherever you enjoy listening, uh, hit that subscribe button so you get every single episode that I release. And if you have one to two minutes and could leave a rating or review. If you found this helpful, I would love to hear about that. That really help uh, get a podcast, get in front of more people. And um, I would love to see your feedback because I I check all of those uh, whenever there's a new review posted. So thank you again so much for listening. Uh, I really do appreciate it. I hope this was helpful and I will talk to you again soon.